You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Mariah. How are you doing? I'm doing really well this week, better good. than last week. I'm so excited to hear about it. Yeah. Um, we're on episode three. Congratulations. Yeah. We made it. We made it to three. This is our lucky number three. <laughs> it is. We it's also have three one. people in the room right now. Yes, we do. We have a new member of the Salty Sex Cast team. Maybe we'll introduce that person a whole new episode. Yeah. Wave to our listeners, Brady. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. So today we really wanted to kind of focus on coming out. But before that, we'll just reintroduce ourselves really quickly. So you can get to know us more and more. Um, I'm Mariah. I am a board certified or national board certified health and wellness coach. Kind of a lot of things going on with that name, but essentially it's that health and wellness coach. Um, I just had to go to school for it. I have a national exam I sit for. I have a governing board. It's really the like gold standard of coaching. And I'm really, really excited because in 2020, I get to start. I have billing codes for um, to be able to bill insurance for my services. Oh, so it's that's like, fantastic. I yeah, didn't know that. It's a huge move. And so it just kind of validates my field even more. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to start offering that for my clients. But um, yeah. That's so like, great. I might be able to afford you now. Sure. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, and I am Pamela. Um, I co-own Silk and Salt Photography, which is a boudoir photography studio. Um, I am 40 years old, and um, I'm polyamorous, which is very relevant to this particular episode mm-hmm. um, because I just came out as polyamorous to my parents last week and they were sort of the last to know. I have three children. Um, I have another little side hustle business that I do and uh, live in Utah. We live in Utah. Live in Utah. <laughs> um, it's great and it's super fucking hard at the same time. Yeah. You know, um, really, truly... You have amazing, wonderful, beautiful scenery. The four seasons. If you're a snow person, I'm not. But I can still appreciate it to a point. And I do love that we have the four seasons. So you can experience it. You know, some people don't even know what snow is like. And so we're kind of lucky that way. We have gorgeous, gorgeous mountains. Um, Utah's kind of this beautiful gem, I feel like, in the United States. And I've, I've been other places. I was born in California. I've been... You know, I'm not just one that's like born and raised. I love Utah. I've been exposed to other cultures. And um, yet. But we're also high suicide rate. And we also have, this is where, this is the hub of the LDS Church, which is stands for um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's also the Mormon known, Mecca. Yep. Also known as Mormon. So, um, there, it's a strict religion. It's also a fairly young religion, but, um, unfortunately in Utah with such a high rate of Mormonism population, you get a lot of, um, judgmental. It's very, it's just, it's really hard to explain the culture if you haven't been here. 
Um, how but would you explain it? Well, I, I don't think it's it's that different than other parts of the world where a particular religion has too much influence. Too um, much influence. That's the key word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and I, I think every year it's becoming less pronounced, but uh, certainly, you know, for a long time, the the church here, as everybody likes to call it, it's just the church, um, has had undue influence on the political system and, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the schools and just everything. It's, it's just been, it's led a lot of people to have really, really negative feelings about the church who aren't yes. members of it. And, and so you have a very all- polarized population here. Oh, completely. And you and I have both been active LDS at some point in our life. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, I was in the leadership in the LDS church for yeah, a while. And same here. Wore my garments, got sailed in the temple to my spouse. Um, so, you know, I would say because that religion has such a deep, its claws are just so deep into the whole societal frame of Utah, um, it can make it a really unsafe, truly unsafe place for those who are other to feel like they can be themselves so you have a really big struggle of people being able to come out exactly and be accepted and get the services and acceptance and love and support that they need to function as amazing human beings that we all are and this isn't every single member of the church that's like this but it's kind of that pack mentality that ends up turning it sour. Yeah. I That's like the best word I can think of describe it is it's just kind of gone sour and it's so upsetting to see so many people scared and lonely. Yeah. And so um, how about you go ahead and tell us some of your experience um, coming out. And I know that your mom isn't, re- isn't Mormon, but she's Catholic. And she's religious. That's right. I was raised Catholic. Um, I became Mormon when I was 21, which is the best age to stop drinking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, my mom, before she got married, she was actually going to become a nun. Oh, really? So just to help everyone understand just how Catholic she is. And so this idea that her daughter is like you know in any way a sexual being outside of marriage i mean even inside of marriage i think she would she would find it just absolutely atrocious to think that i was doing anything even like i don't know oral sex or Anal sex, or I mean, like any anything other than missionary style. The I think traditional way that you breed a human being, <laughs> right? That like I was taught in Catholic school that sex, the purpose of sex, was to make babies, mm-hmm. and that was it. If you were having sex for pleasure, then it was essentially a sin. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the background I came from. It took me a very very long time to um, accept myself as a sexual being and kind of come out um, even to my husband you know like I hey I'm a little different 
Um, and you know, I'd like to have some kind of different activities. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have Not you and your husband been married? We just had our 23rd wedding anniversary on Wednesday. That is so rad. Yeah. So I got pregnant at 17. Uh-huh. Um, and of course being raised Catholic, that meant that you get married yes. right away. Um, so that's why I've been married so very long, but yeah, we've had a really beautiful relationship about five years ago. I left the Mormon church mm-hmm. because I converted to atheism. I don't know. Is that a thing you convert to? I'm going to say it. Honestly, I, I, I haven't looked into it enough to understand <laughs> like where, you know, if there's like a level or steps or how you kind of embrace that. Um, but yeah, like I left the church five years ago as well. And like, I feel like that's my only, not my only, but the only relatable coming out story I can, cause I had to come out as I'm not Mormon. That's absolutely a valid coming out story. Um, I think some people are more terrified of coming out as non-religious than they are of coming out as gay. Or anything else, yeah. right? So, I mean, there's a story that I heard the other day that you know there was a a gay man and um, he came out to his mom in church, and that was easier because <laughs> um, you know, and I said it was easier to come out as gay than it is atheist because mm-hmm. his mom at least was felt like she could pray the gay away. Carolyn oh, God. <laughs> right. I don't know. I probably messed up that story, but it was really funny. <laughs> and I can see it and I can relate to it. Sometimes it is harder to um, come out in different ways. You know, when you hear the word coming out of the closet, oh, it's just someone who's straight or who has been seemingly straight that's letting everybody know they're gay. Right. Like that that's what we all go to and or at least the majority of the population would think. Right. When you hear, Oh, that person came out of the closet came in the closet with religion, mm. with sexuality. There are so many closets. With, there's lots of closets. <laughs> and, and <this> <laughs> um but it's yeah, it's an experience that is can be really difficult for each and every situation. And I think, you know, I mean, you're 40 yeah. and coming out. It's not like, right. oh, this was a coming of age story or whatever. This is something that's hard. You've gone 40-ish years, you know, because I'm sure people knew before and you had inner closer rings of friends that you were able to kind of talk to about it. But yeah, to be now and how do you feel like you're being treated differently or how has that changed since you've come out? You know, I have gotten overwhelmingly positive responses from all of my friends and family members and neighbors um, who I've told my mom is the one exception. Mm-hmm. Even my dad told her, you know, it's none of our business what Pamela does with her life. Um, but she just, <laughs> she cannot, she cannot accept it. So I just, I pulled up our text messages cause she, I want to share a few of the things yeah. that she said. This is, this is hard. It hit me deep in the gut. I want to just, I'll preface everybody. Yeah. Well, and I'm not going to read everything cause it no. is long, but, um, but her first reaction was, I cannot tell you the depth of my disappointment, not to mention my disgust. Who are you? 
And she said, how, no matter how you frame it, no matter what you name it, you and Bert are cheaters, and this will end badly. I'm very sorry for both of you, and I'm concerned about your children. You know, and I told her, actually, my kids all really love Henry. And um, they, you know, Garrett especially has, like, such a wonderful relationship with him mm-hmm. that he's been an asset in Garrett's life. And this is your partner that you brought in. This uh-huh. isn't, you know, he's... Right. Um, and Garrett is your son. Yes, and Garrett's my son. Yes. So, yeah, and Henry's my, my partner. Thank mm-hmm. you for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'll just share a little bit more. So she says, I will continue to be sad for you. You consider yourselves enlightened, but there is nothing further from the truth. The fact that you don't believe in God does not negate his existence. Even without God, there is right and wrong. All I can do is pray for you and the kids. I will not be visiting Utah again. I do not want to be witness to this behavior, which I find not just offensive, but immoral. And uh, it just goes on and on. And then she asks me to, um, you know, to unfriend all of her friends on Facebook because she is embarrassed of me. And I told her no. I said that um, it was an unreasonable request because I have a relationship with these people too. They're not just her friends, or I wouldn't be friends with them on Facebook. And I don't think that she should preemptively decide for them whether or not they want to be my friend. Because like I said, nobody else has judged me as harshly as she has. Um, so oddly though, I didn't have a really strong emotional reaction to you her. You were so level-headed in your reply and very just like, I'm, you know, this is me. And right. And that's where being a 40 year old grown ass woman comes into play. <laughs> I think is that it was a lot easier for me to not get emotional about it because my mom doesn't have any influence in my life anymore. You know, she has no, no sway. And so she either has to accept me how I am or decide not to have a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's her choice. It is. It's her choice. It's your choice to come out. It's your choice to be who you want. It's your choice to be friends. And it's their choice to continue being friends with you or not. Like that part where she was like, now delete everybody because I don't want to explain it Mm -hmm. to everybody. That was so hurtful. I was like, so now she's trying to make it about her. She, the whole thing was about her. And yeah. I found that, that that's the case with like most parents or you know family members mm-hmm. that, um, that really are not accepting of, of however you're trying to come out is that they are so worried about public perception mm-hmm. that they make it all about them. I mean, she, she really didn't ask me any questions about why or how or Henry or any of it. It was all about her. Um, and it's, it's just really fucking frustrating and disappointing. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and I mean, I can imagine how all these other folks, and I want to say kids, because I feel like that's the majority of who comes out and when, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that's all-encompassing. Especially in Utah. And I mean, can you imagine the social pressure of just conforming? Oh, and yeah. Dig it deep inside. And the church has even come out and said, hey, we actually think it's okay if you're gay, but you just can't act upon it. Right. Which is even more fucked than just the actual 
I don't know. Right. Imagine. I, and I don't want to sit here and dog on the church because it's not just a, the LDS church. It's just a not, lot no. of small-minded, I mean, people who aren't willing to accept other. Right. Exactly. And that's my mom's question to me was, why couldn't you just keep it hidden? Um, and so the idea is, you know, fine, you can be whatever you want. Just don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't tell me. Don't tell any of my friends. We don't want to know. Just live your life in secret. Why can't you just do that? Why is that not okay? Let's talk about the problems of keeping that, those things secret. Yeah. I mean, what would you... What about resources? Right. We wouldn't have resources if it was all secret. What about lying? Is that not also a sin in their eyes? Yeah. Um, because that's how I, I saw it. I was living a false life. And you know that... I am a very open person. I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think our listeners know now too. But I, I feel like I'll that's talk just about anything. Theme. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about anything because I like being genuine, and I can't be genuine. I can't be genuinely myself, even if we're only talking about on social media, right? I can't post pictures of myself with one of the men that I love. If everyone doesn't know, because everyone's going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know social media is a stupid example, but, um, you know, there are other areas of my life too, where I just, I can't talk about, um, the people that I love the most in the world. And, and that feels terrible. That's the part that makes you feel wrong. Mm-hmm. Not the actual, I love more than just the person I'm married to. Mm-hmm. Not the... I love someone of the same sex. Not the, I don't love this religion. It's the shame. The shame. And yeah, like I, I just feel like hiding it in secret. Now we're going to continue to just put a band-aid on what really can help society as a whole and who we can really reach out to. You know, we're talking about religion is kind of all about like your brothers and sisters and, and be Christ-like. But how can you do that if... You don't even know who that brother or sister is. How can you give them the best of you and serve them if you don't even know who they are? And, you know, and forgive me for my own ignorance on um, like the LGBTQ community. You know, there's things that there's times that I have used the wrong pronoun for certain folks before. And I and it wasn't because I was choosing to stay ignorant. I just didn't have the opportunity to learn more about it. And truly if we can just put that in a nutshell for what we are, uh-huh. we're just bringing that conversation to light so we can help educate anyone. And a lot of these things are all taboo. I mean, they're all kind of hush-hush, behind closed doors. And so that's what we are trying to show. Right. Yeah. Don't I have think to be alone. I think the education is so important. Now, there are some people who are never going to accept you no matter how much they know or understand about your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But there are other people who will not accept you just because they're ignorant to exactly what you are. And with enough familiarity, they'll come around. Mm-hmm. I don't know that my mom won't eventually come around. She is a very reactive person. Um, so despite all of the horrible things that she wrote to me, you know, I, I seriously doubt that she's like never going to see me again or have communication with me. Um, it just, for some people it takes time. And so don't be scared off by that first reaction when you come out to somebody that you really care about. Um, because it really, it might just be a, a matter of education. Yeah. 
So how would you say, I mean, because you said you you came out with wonderful support and it was very minimal negativity. Yeah. Um, What would you say made the biggest difference for you? Do you think it was because you were older? Do you think it was because you had built that support system already? I think both of those things Mm -hmm. contributed for sure. I don't know. I, what would help someone who ha, who doesn't have that support system or doesn't who feels like their support system currently is um, against what they? I would say go out and find a new support system before you come out. Build oh. one. It is work. It is not yeah. easy, and especially in certain areas of the world, like it is. You're not necessarily going to have an easy time finding the people who are on your side, Mm -hmm. but they're out there. You have to have faith that they're out there and that, um, you know, just know that you, you need those people, like have the courage to, to go out and find those people. Um, because when you, if you are disowned by your family, you need somebody to turn to so that you don't feel alone. Mm -hmm. And there are so many resources online now to, to find groups of people that you have commonalities with, right? So yeah, Communities and people that, I mean, are even closer than family because they do have that thing in common. Um, you know, I would have to say my biggest hurdle coming out of my own experience, you know, the leaving my religion and being really open and not being a closet or a... Um, closet drinker is sometimes the thing that they call people who stop going to church or Jack Mormon is like another name for it. But it was, it was like, no, I'm neither of those. I don't want to be associated with the church. Like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be part of this. Um, we lost all of our friends. All of our friends were either, um, LDS or in our ward or in all of, and both of our families are LDS. We have a couple of siblings, um, at least one on each of our, in our families that are LDS and kind of never were. But for my husband and I coming out, that was, we had to rebuild that network of friends. We had to rebuild because if you have your identity so entwined with um, any institution, anything, and then like leave it. It is hard, and so okay. it's. Um, I don't know. I feel like try to be friends with different people too, so then you can understand. Be more willing to maybe watch what you say. It even starts with jokes and things that can kind of be hurtful, but also make someone feel unsafe to come out, regardless of whatever that is from. If it is coming out, and what if it's someone that's not Mormon? And they want to convert. And I'm always dogging on the church or making fun of it. Yeah. I just told them, I'm not going to accept you when you start going to church. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person. I want to be more accepting and open-minded. Yeah. Um, I want people to understand I can still have problems with the church, but not have problems with them. Yeah. And, you know, I have neighbors who are Mormon and who are not Mormon, but religious and they have all been so wonderfully accepting of Henry. Yeah. It's been amazing. Um, I mean, and I guess it even comes to like anything drastic changing and drastically changing in your life. This could be, Hey, we're getting a divorce. 
Um, that's a yeah. huge part. You have to restart from square one. You have to have that support system. It could be, hey, I'm an alcoholic and I'm mm-hmm. not drinking anymore. Yeah. Guess what? All most majority of your social situations are going to change. Yeah. So I feel like that is, um, if you're having a hard time relating to what we're talking about, those might be a little bit easier um, to relate to just because not all of us need to feel like, quote unquote, we're coming out of the closet for something. But you can relate to someone in that, that a lot of their identity is changing and what people expect their identity to be mm-hmm. is now shifting. Right. Um, but I don't want all of us to, I mean, I, today I totally don't want to stay in like the negative and the lecturing or anything. Like, um, but it was a little bit more of a serious topic because it is a serious topic. You know, we have a high suicide rate in Utah. Yes. And 100% do I believe that is closely related to um, the, the social pressure the from social the pre- religious. Yes. Completely. There is a national coming out day. And I don't know if you knew that. It's on October 11th. So like, why would that be important for us to even, for someone to go out and you have to, the federal government has to recognize this day and accept it. You have to like apply. I'm sure this is whole thing and you have to have something to back it up, an organization or something that's, I mean, so someone's gone to that trouble Uh to have a national coming out day. And I think it was back in the 80s, like maybe 88, 82, that it was established. Um, oh, wow. I didn't yeah. realize it had been around that long. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was even cool from finding that out. But um, that's how much people care and want that awareness that, you know, it's a great way to promote awareness for it. So yeah. anyway. You know, one um, thing that I have to admit that made my whole process of coming out, because I first came out as atheist. <laughs> Um, and mm-hmm. then I came out as Polly when, cause it took me some time after leaving the Mormon church to realize that I was Polly to find out there was a label for it and a community of people. Um, and I moved during that time. So I was Mormon when I lived in Tennessee, mm-hmm. there's a very different culture of Mormons there. And, um, I, I became atheist shortly before I moved to Utah. And I came out as atheist to my bishop and the other leaders, because I was in leadership at the time then too. And they just, they were very accepting and they changed my calling so that I wasn't really in leadership anymore, but I could still contribute and participate because my husband was still a member Mm -hmm. and my children were. And, um, you know, I wasn't quite ready to just yank myself out of that social circle most of my friends were in the church and and I told a good number of people and they were really like loving and accepting mm-hmm. and we're just basically their attitude was like well, we'll pray for you yeah. but we're still your friends um, so it was a very different experience I think than a lot of people have out here um, and then I moved and kind of lost touch with all of those people and I was able to start over here and start mm-hmm. you know an entirely new Um, social circle and support network and I know not all people have that sort of luxury Um, but if you are planning a move in the near future it's a good time to make other changes in your life as well I think Uh I yeah because I kind of went through the opposite it was I was still in the same house is still in the same neighborhood and I had to go from having so many friends and family or I guess friends 
and completely, I don't know. It was just really hard because I felt like we have nothing in common. Yeah. The only reason we hung out is because we had these things in common. We, you know, the religion in common. Exactly. Yeah. And so now that we're like drinking and stuff, at least openly drinking, I should say, um, that was hard for people. They were like, oh, can we not be social with them anymore? So I felt like it was this hard cut. Um, and then the few people who did care to, to continue talking to us and being friends with us, they kept trying to like bring us back to the flock and like convince that's us. That's the that, hard part, yeah. And it was just like, no, that's not what I want. And so I ended up pushing them away yeah. to give them the signal like I'm not... No, this is me. And it was probably a good two years of barely seeing hi to these people. And it was it was a really, really busy time in my life anyway. So it was kind of like, oh, I mean, I didn't purposely wait two years. But I will tell you, I can count on one hand how many people I'm still friends with and like our kids still play yeah. after that time. Um, and so I feel like those were... And I've had to bend over backwards to let people know I'm still relevant. I'm still here. I'm still a good person. I'm still your friend. My kids are still good kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just my own experience with that. And it was, it's difficult, but I, I did, I had to put forth quite a bit of effort. I wasn't going to, you know, I don't blame anyone how they reacted. It's hard. If someone just told me all of a sudden that they're, um, you know, a purple people eater, <laughs> I'd have no clue how to relate to them and how, you know, is that going to change our friendship? What does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. But it's that conversation. Well, what, you know, I still want to be your friend. What can I do for you? How can I support you? Um, And checking my own biases. And, you know, if that's something that's different and weird and awkward for me, it is. And that's fine. If if it truly is weird for you, there's nothing wrong with you. We all want to you know what we understand is where we feel comfortable and if you don't understand it you're not you're uncomfortable but being willing to meet someone halfway and being willing to support them even if you're doing it the wrong way yeah even if i'm like hey let's go to this you know for instance uh if someone in your family comes out as gay and you're like, hey, let's go to all these gay pride parades and yay and I'm gonna wear rainbow underwear and all these things you know, it's like, that's not what's going to support me. But they're at least trying, yeah. you know, and, and being able to, that goes on both sides of that relationship to continue to have a healthy relationship. What do you need from me? And being able to tell someone, hey, that's not what I need the most, but I do appreciate the effort. Yeah. So I think also it's good to look at it like this. This is such a fantastic way to filter out the people that aren't true friends. Boom. You said it. And it's, I'm not going to put forth that effort. And um, truly, I did put forth some effort. And, you know, if I didn't receive it at all and at back, it's like, okay, cool. You know, and I, I don't feel like I think less of anybody. It's not a negative thing. It's just now I know who I want to spend that energy being friends with and yeah. things like that. But um, we'll just kind of wrap up a little bit today. Yeah. Any? Well, did you do your homework thoughts? this oh, week? Yes, I did. Oh, I did mine too. Um, I did mine twice. <laughs> I think once, but I, I 
much appreciated it. <laughs> so, yeah. what about for this week? I think this week, maybe just check how you're treating other people who are changing, mm-hmm. regardless of how they're changing. You know, and if they're growing further apart from you and you guys are both okay, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. People come and go in your life. But if you do want to keep that relationship, ask how you can support that change for them. Have Absolutely. that conversation. Anyone. doesn't It, it could be a coworker. Yeah. But um, we have some really exciting things now that we have a producer. We have some exciting things coming up. We have our website and an email. Yes. Um, and so people can submit all sorts of fun questions or suggestions or audio clips of their own, um, especially if they have something really profound to say that we want everyone else to hear. Yeah. So um, we will be working on that this week and hopefully next episode we'll be yes. able to announce all of that. Yeah. So I just want to say huge shout out. Thanks for sticking with us. I know some of the audio has been a little rough. <laughs> like I said. This is coming from, I am not at all in any way, shape, or form tech, like just, I can't even think of the word to call it. <laughs> That's how bad I am with it. I really <laughs> just plug and go, and if it didn't plug and go, it didn't, I couldn't figure it out. So yeah, I just want to say, we understand that some of the audio might be a little rough, first couple episodes, but you are all amazing for sticking with us, and any suggestions are always welcome. Feedback is always helpful. And I really would just want to thank our producer, Brady, and my beautiful co-host, Pamela. Oh. I feel like what we're really creating here has just been very fulfilling and has kind of filled a little bit of a void in my life. So thank you. Aww. Thank you, Mariah, for asking me to do this in the first place because yeah. it's, it's been just very fulfilling. Awesome. Well, catch us next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. And what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.